This show and many others like it are brought to you by our generous backers at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Go there, take a look at the rewards, maybe kick us a couple of bucks a month, and help us do all of the shows that we do. We like doing it, and people like hearing them, is what, is what they tell us. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who has given so far, and everybody who is thinking about giving now. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And this is Bonfireside Chat. It is an adjective favorite. <laughs> you picked it up that time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chekhov's joke. Yeah. And this week on the appendix episode, we are reading your responses to Salt and Sanctuary. Um, we got a lot of responses, and some of them were quite lengthy. So um, I'd like to apologize in advance if I left yours out or if I cut some things from that. That's entirely me trying to fit in a diversity of responses and kind of subject, subject matter for it. Uh, please do not let, the, let that discourage you from writing in um, and uh, sticking to kind of our usual kind of uh, suggestion, which is to keep it concise and novel. Yeah, you didn't do anything wrong, but just know that we will kind of edit these down. Yeah. I'll go ahead and get us started here um, with Will by contact. Um, a couple of points from listening to the first episode. The Sphere Grid. Uh, you talk about how you can get an upgrade for a weapon uh, that you can't make use of for a few hours and then complained about how it takes too many points to get an upgrade on the other side of the tree. Since you don't need that level three sword upgrade immediately, spend some of those points to get to the crossbow. It's not that limiting, and you aren't punished for spreading out unless you really want to rush to get sword level 5, which obviously you don't need for a long time. Also, some of the level 5 weapons and armor are worse than the level 4 or level 3 weapons, so it's not a huge deal to reach that level. Uh, shortcuts. I believe they are built uh, in because of the Betrayer Creed, since you have to defile sanctuaries, which turns it hostile and aggroes the NPCs, and you lose the ability to teleport unless you install a Betrayer Shrine in their place. If you haven't planned out your defiling path, uh, you can easily cut off fast travel to areas you've previously been to, and these weird shortcuts let you make uh, your way back way quicker than otherwise. Uh, thanks, though, for the dedication and hard work. I do love the podcast. Just wanted to provide some counterpoints. Um, always appreciate that, especially if we're like, why would the people do this? Um, I'm always interested in hearing arguments for it. Yeah. Um, I think that like I, I still don't, you know, that I still don't agree with you, but that's that's fine. Uh, we don't have to agree um, to the second point. That could be why they did it, but that's a real niche case. Yeah. Like they hid that betrayer creed pretty well. And, <laughs> you know, to, to kind of structure so much of your game around this very, very niche mechanic, mm -hmm. I think is pretty weird. Yeah. Um, the first point, like you're right, but there's nothing in the game that signals that. Yeah. It's imperfect, uh, imperfect information. And with anything like this is a problem with any kind of uh, spec tree that happens to uh, be very difficult to do any kind of respecking on. Like mm -hmm. you're going to make a choice that will, you know, lock you out of something else. You know, that is yeah. what a choice is here. It just feels, it, it feels more diffuse. So I think, I think with the benefit of hindsight, Will is right. Yes. Right. So like um, I now know going through and I could say like, okay, like I don't need to rush for that high level sword because I know I'm not going to get it for hours. Right. You don't know that the first time you're playing the game though. Um, you certainly don't know, like, hey, this level three sword will be better than this level five sword. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really counterintuitive. Yeah. Um. So, like, in in retrospect, yes. 
uh, that is one way to do it. But the game, I think, signals that very poorly. And like Cole said, your respec options are very limited. Like you yeah. get, you know, your five uh, gray pearls or black pearls or gray pearls, right? Do the uh, undo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you get your you know, five or six of those things, but they're not an unlimited resource and it's not a full respec. Yeah. So I, I think that I think one of those things is a, a case of bad signaling. Like there's an advanced tactic. I guess they're both. They're advanced tactics that make use of this vestigial feature that feels like or feel a feature that feels vestigial if you're not engaging in these kind of optional systems or you don't have this kind of advanced knowledge. Yeah. You know, so th- those are good. Uh, those are good arguments for it. It's just the game should have told me that rather than you. Yeah. You know, so. Again, just my perspective, though, like. You know, I, I did not think to diversify my sphere grid. It's the same, actually, same problem I have with um, 12. Final Fantasy 12. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's like the same, like, where it's like, why wouldn't I want to work towards this cool thing? <laughs> you know, that makes sense to me. Like, the I'm going to run, I'm going to run in place for a couple times until I find a town that sells me this armor, mm-hmm. you know, that gives me this thing. Like, I just, why would I do that? Yeah. You know, like, that, that doesn't feel, doesn't feel very good, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, um, I'm not crazy about it. I just, I don't, I don't know if there is an elegant solution. I think that, you know, one way to do it is just to like make certain parts of it unlock when you reach certain points of the game, too. But I think that's also what they wanted to avoid by getting rid of like stat requirements, stuff like that. Well, know. what um, what is the the other thing I would say is what is the advantage to presenting your skill tree like the or your your skill as a tree? Yeah. Your skill system like this, like I mean, the advan- the thing that they do with it is they add lore to it. Uh huh. But if it was just like every time you level up, you get a lore note, mm-hmm. would have accomplished the same thing essentially. Um, it's just I don't think you get a lot from having it visually represented like this. Yeah. Um, you know, as opposed to like Final Fantasy X, where like those separations of space are much kind of freer, and you know, you're going to buy. You know, I guess you still do that in this one. You still bypass things. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, I just don't think you gain a lot from this one, and you do potentially, potentially lose. Yeah, from it. So I don't know. Those are both. Uh, the, 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 both of those points make sense. I I also disagree, but you know we don't have to. Do, we don't. We yeah. don't have to agree. Yeah, yep. I, I I'm glad that, that there is a use case for it. Yes, even if it is one that like I, like I said, I wish the game had told me that rather than yeah. Oh, on, on a second playthrough, like if I rolled up a new character, I would totally make better decisions. About, yeah, that's true. About that yeah, stuff, like you know, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm I, definitely approaching it as somebody who's not going to go 100% deep on it. Yeah. Um, I can't really, like, what is it? Um, I'm thinking of Invisible Ink. Something I've done for Comrade recently, like, I had the same kind of thing where I'm like, this makes, this is a mechanic that makes a lot of sense if you're going to go, Neo does this too. Yeah. Where, like, if you're going to go 100% all in, mm-hmm. this mechanic makes sense. And it actually is detrimental if you're like, I'm going to play through this game once and leave it alone. Yeah, you know, and and I, I am always going to prefer as somebody with valuable time. Not saying that anybody who goes deep on it doesn't have valuable time. Mm-hmm. As somebody whose game playing time is limited and like appreciates playing a game and being done with it rather than like a hundred percenting super platinuming it. Yeah, um, I like a game that allows for both. You know, like if yeah. this is a game that like, hey, if if you know this works, if you want to play through it in in sixteen hours and be done with it, it also works if you want to go super deep and put sixty hours into it. Yeah. And both work equally well. Yeah. Uh, that's something I value a lot. Yeah. I, I just I don't like catching all of the all of the downsides of a system just because I'm approaching it um understandably the first time 
with very little knowledge of the way that it articulates. Um, yeah. What I would what I would prefer is that even if you just did like a completely RNG and tropic choice, you still had a viable play. You you still had a, vi- a viable build at least like minimum mainline, etc. It is just your specializations that make it easier to play to play the way that you want to play. What yeah. it feels like, you know, when we talked in the last episode about the way that bosses seem to be universally resistant to uh, blunt damage, mm-hmm. you know, from hitting that chronic. Um. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yes. No. No. It's, it's no. Fine. No. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> can't all be winners. Right. No, no. No. That's the... okay. Cole, Cole's a chief lord now. Yeah. No. <laughs> chief lord. He's he's he's, he's King Spliffington the the dang. King Kings. Yeah. <laughs> and he's no. Back, baby. The, the the way the way that all the bosses seem to be universally resistant to blood damage uh, punishes you for having invested points into that when you can probably use it against a lot of enemies. But this is a game because it is in a Dark Souls mold that is very much about boss fights in a lot of ways yeah. like that is a tentpole of this and so by just making a choice about what happens to work for you it is putting you down a path that is not uh not particularly fertile you know yeah that's, that's how i felt about it at least yeah. yeah uh christopher writes via contact fuck the witch of the lake and that is thank all you for including that <laughs> uh, i did it <laughs> for you, you man thank you thank you <laughs> what uh what sonic zone shall i google <laughs> you're, you're pick, buddy <laughs> You're the birthday boy. <laughs> um, uh, so I'll do the next one because that was very brief. Uh, Jeremy writes via contact. I haven't beaten Salt and Sanctuary, uh, but I have two characters who are probably at the two thirds point. Even though I'm kind of anticipating that you guys are going to be a bit down on it. I think that Salt and Sanctuary is a pretty solid game. I was really pleased when I picked it up to find that it was so polished and atmospheric. I really dig how the campy B-movie gore contrasts with the moody, foggy island. Uh, And there's something about the electric guitar soundtrack that really does it for me. The coolest bit for me was was to see Ska Studios make something so confident and high quality. In high school, I played the shareware version of a schlocky, uh, uh, sorry, of their schlocky punk rock themed River City Rampage clone, uh, Zombie Smashers X, to death. Uh, And it's just great to see a designer from way before the Steam, PSN, XBLA indie game boom grow up a bit, do a take on Dark Souls, and really pull it off. Yeah, I agree with, good on them. Yeah. No, they made they made good. Like they yeah. have they have definitely put something out there that a lot of people really seem to like, and we yeah. can never take that away from them with our with our quibbles, you know. And wouldn't want to. Yeah, you know. So it's like I, I you know, if you've listened to the episode at this point, Jeremy, like I don't agree with those points, but I also right. uh, agree with the point that like I'm glad these guys exist and they seem like, you know, they they obviously have talent. Right. You know, this, these are people to watch. Um, and that, that other stuff from the first paragraph there about the, about the gore and the, uh, the, the electric guitar that comes down to taste, you know, yeah, like we can, we, we can make arguments about how it does or doesn't fit in with like, you know, something approaching souls aesthetic, but like, there's no reason that a souls game couldn't have electric guitar. It is just Mm -hmm. me not liking the way that this manifests and yeah, yeah. Maybe that works for you. It's one of the things if we end up doing Hollow Knight, because Hollow Knight, I've seen a bunch of screen grabs from it, and I think it is much more comedy focused. I think there are more jokes yeah. in it. Like, it's possible that I've just seen the two screens that are explicitly jokes and the rest of it's dead serious, but <laughs> I think it has a bunch of jokes in it. Yeah. And that's something that, like, Souls is, is funny. Yep. You know, there are funny jokes in Souls, but it's pretty rare. Right. And this seems to be a little bit more up on kind of Front Street. 
so that would be an interest that'll be an interesting tone thing to kind of explore i think yeah you know um stewart says by contact when i was a teen i worked with a youth theater uh where we took acting and performance very seriously we always said we never wanted an audience to leave thinking well that was good for a bunch of kids playing salt and sanctuary brings me back to that feeling Seeing really talented hands tackle an imposing project is heartening, especially since I don't feel the same kind of commitment and effort from a much bigger, higher-budgeted game. Yeah. Yeah. Similar point uh, to before. Yeah, similar point to the before. Like, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't feel like you don't have to grade it on a curve for it to be good. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't think that we ever did that either. Like, I think we talked about it being good that it was two people, and that's yeah. really cool. Um, but as, as I mentioned in the like final one, it's not a question of like lack of polish. It's a question of where they put their considerable resources. Yeah. They're not choices I would have made, right. you know, but it's, and, and it's, it's, it doesn't mean though that there wasn't like a lot of care and stuff put into it. Right. You know, this could have been a big, a big budget, <laughs> you know, uh, game. Yeah. No, I mean, other than the soundtrack, which I think is pretty indefensible, but other than the, <laughs> other than the soundtrack choice, as far as a budgetary limitation, like. Yeah, you know, they, it, it could have been like when I say a big budget game, I mean like one of those uh, the big studios that have those like kind of indie side things. Yeah, yeah, you know, like side piece. Yeah, little bit, little, little, little bit of explore action on the side. Yeah, yeah, we just gotta get in a little bit with the kids. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, Rick writes via contact. My experience with Salt and Sanctuary closely resemble my initial my initial experience with Dark Souls Two, which is fitting since this plays like a love letter to that. It took me a good four or five hours to even be sure that I was having fun. The different button mapping made it uh, so that everything felt kind of clumsy and all of my instincts were wrong. In the case of Dark Souls 2, it was the different parrying timing and floaty movement uh, and my dumbass decision to roll deprived on my first playthrough. Ooh. Eventually, mm -hmm. I stopped thinking about it as a 2D Dark Souls and more like a Castlevania uh, with the Dark Souls 2 paint job. And the game really grew on me. My biggest qualm is that unlike the Souls games, in which the punishing difficulty is balanced by the deaths being almost always fair, I'm looking at you, Frigid Outskirts and Double Sullivan's Beast. Dying... I think that's, that's supposed to emphasize the almost. Yes, almost. I don't think yes. he's saying like the Frigid Outskirts are, are hella fucking fair. <laughs> yep. like Dark Souls 2... Dark Souls is unfair, except for the Fridges <laughs> Outskirts and the Double Sullivan's Beast. Those, that's, mm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't emphasize that correctly. Yeah, that's okay. uh, uh, dying in Salt and Sanctuary doesn't always feel that way. Again, fair and like it teaches you a lesson and often seems considerably less instructional, um, even though on the whole it is an easier game. That being said, I've still been enjoying uh, playing through again, though I'm going <laughs> shieldless this time and I fully expect to rage quit at that fucking motherfucking witch of the lake thank you rick yeah um yeah yeah i uh i also those things that we were talking about that getting hit on the ground falling in the pits and the tree of man um those are all under the blanket umbrella of like bullshit that didn't feel like our fault right and uh the point you make about it being not being like learning experiences is huge because when enemies have this kind of like array of one hit death attacks like that discourages learning you know, you get to see less of the boss fight before you have to start over, watch a loading, like a fairly lengthy loading screen in the, the case of salt, um, and then do your boss run up again. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's frustrating. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it takes, it takes things that maybe would not be that big of a deal if you got more observance time to learn their patterns. If, you know, you're doing, you know, two steps forward, you know, 1.9 steps back, like yeah. every time you're only seeing like little minuscule bits. Yeah. So um, 
Rick's point about getting used to Salt's control scheme um, is is actually really valid. I think we talked about that in episode one. It was so long ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, the difference in mapping, not so much for the attacks, but just not having dodge map to map to circle. I know on the PS4, you're able to uh, change that around. However, um, that is something that is done at the hardware or firmware level. As an mm -hmm. accessibility thing, it is not something that is done in the game. And so it'd be kind of like switching the keycaps around on your keyboard. That's the only reason yeah. I haven't done that. I know it's an option. It just was not uh, smooth enough for that to be to be uh, yeah. tempting to me. And, and it ends up being really significant. Like you accidentally heal when you're trying to dodge yeah, yeah. all the time. Like the buttons that are swapped from a Souls control, control scheme. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like it's the developer trying to signal that, like, hey, this isn't Souls, this is Castlevania, but there's so much of it. It's like so Souls. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I also, I mean, it took me, I had the same thing. It took me a yeah. while to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Michael says via contact. Uh, let me start off by saying that I am a Salt and Sanctuary apologist. I think that under some misguided design decisions and unearned Dark Souls affections lies a very robust Soulsvania with some near perfect systems. The most laudable tweaks to the formula are the leveling slash build systems. It easily has more build variety, uh, more build validity, better balance, and more ease of use considerations than any From game has ever managed. That seems hyperbolic, but after experiencing the funneling of Souls games into three to four valid builds as one approaches the meta, uh, one to two in Bloodborne's case, and then playing Salt and Sanctuary, it boggles the mind. Why could From never solve poise? Why would they always end up shipping with a dump stat or two and with dozens of imbalanced equipables? Why are patches, or more saliently, new entries, always one step forward, two steps back, with the exception of Scholar of the First Sin? While it always seemed uh, these were numeric, easily fixable problems, I shrugged and surmised that there must be complexities that I'm missing, and that one doth protest too much. Until Salt and Sanctuary, that is. That a much smaller studio could pull it off suggests that there never was a question of resources. It's doubtful that Ska has more robust testing and QA departments than From. That said, it's all for naught in a game in which multiplayer is almost entirely a non-starter, in which simply isn't interesting or engaging enough in terms of story, level design, or encounter design to warrant more than a couple runs. It's very unlikely that From will poach the system, uh, system designer from Ska for their future IP, and that is a shame. In conclusion, fuck the disemboweled husk. Also, great scissors. I think that's an ending with fucking a boss. Section. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I'm glad that Michael wrote in because it's for, he's obviously coming from a multiplayer perspective. Yes. Uh, that second paragraph, I was ready to disagree with the power of a thousand suns uh, <laughs> until I got to the part where he says, um, souls valid, you know, funnels you into valid builds as you approach the meta, right, which makes me think yeah. he's talking about in a PVP sense, which like that's could very well be true. Right. Um, right. I just, uh, you know, and that's always been like, it's not, not a weakness, but like, let's say, you were drawing up a bonfire side chat from the ground up. Mm -hmm. There's probably a version of this that has a third chair that like is super invested in the PVP. Yeah. yeah. That would make a more balanced show, uh -huh. you know, and it's too late now, but like, you know, we, <laughs> we, we, you know, we brought in people, right. you know, but there's probably a version of the show in which like Jeremy Greer is there all the time to talk about PVP and consideration. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I don't think that's true in 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 souls right like i think that dark souls 2 has the most robust like build variety and validity of mm -hmm. like any of these games yeah uh that have souls like or souls in the title mm -hmm. um i played through that game a lot of different ways and they're all really fun and good yeah um but i i would probably get totally stopped pvp <laughs> you know in a pvp sense and like there probably are weapons that just break pvp i just don't play pvp right you know 
yeah um it, it's just a world that i don't know anything about and i can't even pretend to speak the language for me it's kind of it, it seems apples and oranges to compare to compare the builds you know the funneling and builds as you approach the meta to a game that necessarily cannot have a meta yeah <laughs> yeah because get... because there's no there's there's no multiplayer so you have to look at what is what is most functional it's not operating with the same number of constrictions right or the same number of restrictions as people find these semi-degenerate strategies to try and get a one-up over each other in in kind of the ambient pvp that happens you know and I wonder if, if if I'm misreading your comment, Michael. Let me know if it because it, and if so, I do I do disagree, which again is fine, because I don't feel like if you find that Dark Souls two, for example, um, or Dark Souls one, like funnels you into a couple different playstyles, and Salt has more than that. Like I definitely didn't see that with Salt. Right. So like maybe there's something I'm missing, you know? Uh, because on your your second point, which I mostly agree, like it's not the kind of game that even if I liked my first playthrough more than I I did, it wasn't going to be the kind of thing I'm going to play over and over again. You know, like I have uh, all the Souls games, like even Dark Souls three, which is my least favorite Souls game, I played through, you know, several times more than I played through Salt. Right. You know, and is is more appealing to me. You know, but I think that he is talking about the PvP because he talks about the patches. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um. Um, yeah. And I mean, and as far as like, and to the larger point, and Michael didn't bring this up, if there were systems that insult that I would want to see kind of copied in other games, like I really do like the town building aspect of the, the shrines. Oh yeah. It's great. Like having the, like I get to choose which shopkeepers and such are here based on the build that I want to pursue and what I want this, uh, this sanctuary to look like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think they'd be more powerful with, uh, without teleporting. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is some, this is near this farming spot or this is near this spot I'm going to revisit. Like I wanted to have these resources. Um, But I think that's a really cool system uh, and could see that working in another game. Yeah. All I can think about is mapping that onto like Majula, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hunter says via contact, did anybody else find the lore to be almost completely impenetrable for the complete opposite reason of most souls likes? There's so much of it. Every single node of the skill tree has a different verse from the game Bible. And I'm the kind of person whose eyes unfocus when I see a long list. So I haven't read it all. Uh, It feels like front loading things in a way that uh, souls games don't do instead of drip feeding lore bits through the items that you pick up. Anyone else feel like it discouraged lore digging instead of encouraging it like it was probably supposed to? I, I think that they're like adding it to your level ups yep. thing. It does make it that's that's more than than you really need and taking it away from most weapons, too. Yeah. Like yeah. when you pick up weapons, they sometimes have stuff about the world, but for the most part, they don't. Right. They just kind of talk about the weapon. It's pretty much so just that, the, that is, uh, the boss, the boss weapons that have it. Yeah. The, yeah. The boss weapons are the exception, but like a regular thing you're just going to find on, on the land doesn't usually have significant lore. Right. Attached to it. That's kind of a good point. Like it is a weird extra little thing to read. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, so much of it. It is a preponderance. And again, it is, it is noun soup that the conceit of the game just doesn't bear out for me because, yeah. because those nouns are not given, uh, not given uh, significance in the way that I would like, you know, you could 20 hours into dark souls one say who the fuck are these people and why do they matter? But you find out pretty quick. Yeah. You know, Um, this is something that I think uh, is very important about dark souls and seeing these different iterations um, has borne this out for me. And even when they added it to bloodborne, it made a big difference. Um, 
having the item description show up in load times is mm. a huge deal. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like just in terms of building up mystery in terms of seeing, you know, probably like a, like a, the same handful of things over and over again. Like as you look at it, it gives you something to do while load times are there. Load times obviously are variable. They're not going, you know, they're not dependable. Um, but, um, it, 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 it is not relying on you, uh, kind of getting the story in this kind of linear way that they dole it out. It's also not, you know, requiring you to get, like to get everything to get that piece. You could see something that you never would have encountered, but you still yeah. get that piece of story. I think that is incredibly valuable if you're going to go the route of telling story by descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. You know, that's thing we, we talk a lot about. It comes up on Watch Out for Fireballs, too. Like, how do you – what's the most efficient kind of best way to provide that kind of stuff to the player? Yeah. And I'm still, like, way into audio logs that happen during quiet exploration points. Yeah. You know, but the Souls way of, like, looking at everything when you find it does hit kind of a good rhythm yeah. uh, because Souls is full of quiet time. Yep. You know, like, there's there's tons of points where it's like I'm in, in this faraway corner. I Enemies don't patrol. In souls for the most part they stand yeah. there and wait for you you're, you're looting uh, after you've killed everybody mostly like yes. there are times where that comes to bite you but for the most part you're safe yeah you know if, if you're not engaged in a fight you're safe salt doesn't really do that um <sighs> things kind of move around a little bit more like they activate at a certain proximity but they don't uh, uh a lot of times things will kind of like walk back and forth so you can't be on the same, same screen as something and be safe right Whereas like in souls, like you could be up on a roof or something and like things will, you'll be fine. You know, they won't, they won't float up to you, things like that. So there's kind of more space to read those things. And, uh, the way this all does, it does kind of like double up the opportunities for reading those things by attaching those lower notes. I know in an earlier response, I said like, you could just, if you wanted to disseminate that information, you could just make it happen on level up. Yep. But what if it just like appeared on the screen while it's loading or whatever, Yeah. you know, or, or appeared when you leveled up, it was just a paragraph Yep. that was you kind of learning this Island as you got more powerful or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it is, there's a little bit of information overload. Yep. While you're teleporting, while you're loading, and it's requiring you to seek it out as opposed to presenting it to you in kind of passive times. Yeah. yeah. I, I never need to see that priest dragging you back to the thing ever again. <laughs> like, it, it's, yeah. it's like kind of cool the first time you see oh, it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of brutal and, and atmospheric and cool, but like, man, do you watch it enough, enough times? <laughs> um, ben says, via contact. I wanted to highlight the couch co-op for Salt and Sanctuary. I'm glad you wrote in, Ben, because I didn't yeah. get any experience with that. Um, I played this game from start to finish with my wife. The summoning mechanic using the stone guides, I think, uh, stone cell sword, um, was hard to get used to at first, but once we did, we were hooked. We played a lot of couch co-op over the years, starting with Champions of Norath on PS2 and playing titles as diverse as the Lego games and Borderlands 2. When we got to the end, she told me that it was, uh, that her favorite ga- it was her favorite game that we had played together. This surprised me as it, as it had been very frustrating at times. In particular, some bosses, like the Tree of Men, really didn't lend themselves well to having two players on the screen. In that particular instance, we beat it by having one player die uh, and the other one go it alone. Despite this, I think it was the feeling of exploration and discovery that we experienced together that made the game so enjoyable. Also, when everything comes together on the 20th attempt at a boss, or you get the rhythm down and victory is achieved, you get to share that feeling with somebody you love. Uh, and, well, few video game experiences can match that. Sure, the game had its flaws, but it will remain one of my favorite game experiences of all time just because of who I played it with and the obsession we developed over it together. And as a as an added bonus, it convinced her to finally give Dark Souls a try. Uh, she is only up to the Taurus Demon, but so far she is enjoying it. Probably not as much as I am enjoying watching her. 
Oh, a very sweet message. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we, we don't give out awards on this show. This is one of my favorite responses we've gotten because, I, you know, I, I can't know for sure. But th- what Ben has written about seems to be a very rare experience of this game. Sharing it with mm-hmm. somebody and especially using this co-op feature, which, you know, by all evidence is kind of an afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. Um you you exp- yeah you you just got probably a different thing out of this by sharing it with somebody. I'm very happy to have somebody in the audience who wrote in about it. So thank you. Yeah, that's very nice. You know, it's it's, it's very that's very sweethearted, and that that can totally change things. Like yeah. even down to you know like Derek Hayes is not my wife, <laughs> my friend Derek, but like there are games that like you know even games that I know I'm not like I think Salt and Sanctuary is mediocre. I'm not projecting this onto to Ben, but even games that are kind of mediocre that we have played like are super special and fun uh-huh. because of that experience, you know, uh, having it together is just, uh, is, is very good. Like I've, I think I've, I talked about this. I can't remember if I talked about an error, but we're like, like probably halfway through dying light. And, uh, the hilarious thing about that is if you play it co-op, you just play two copies of the main character. <laughs> um, so the, and you can play up to four people. So you can just have four of this identical dude, bro, like running around doing shit, like grappling, hooking around the city. Um, and just like, you know, the cutscenes happen yeah. and they're just talking to the series of cranes <laughs> and like, you know, I was texting with him and I was just like, uh, you know, I, I, I had to cancel on him or something. And I was like, okay, well, next time we play this, my crane will be your crane slave. <laughs> and then like, he was like, there's like commander crane and soldier crane. And like, it's very funny. Uh, yeah. and like, like the game is like, it's pretty good, but there's a lot of things that are mediocre about it. Right. Um, the super fun thing is just like, it'll always be fun because I had fun with my buddy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really nice. Yep. Yeah. Catch cop is totally a thing. Like it's it's why Earth Defense Force exists. Oh, one hundred percent. You're playing that game single player. It is a, it is a sad day. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> it's like you're eating pie filling at the same time. Like, <laughs> there's like an earthquake that happened in your city if you're playing Earth Defense Force. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, uh, you got me with that. That's, yeah. uh, Chris writes via contact. Visuals aside, Salt and Sanctuary makes a great first impression. However, as a player driven by a love of systems rather than mechanics, I came to hate this game over time. Salt's skill tree seems like a great way to customize playstyle, but ultimately serves to railroad you until you get far enough into the game that skill points become meaningless. The game seeks to simplify gear requirements via nodes that unlock gear classes, uh, but they must have taken uh, sorry, but they must be taken sequentially. This is a kick in the pants when rank five gives you a plus 10 to a stat uh, and the soft cap is 50. Playing with a two-hand strength weapon, your effective uh, stat cap goes down to 34. The gear nodes arbitrarily restrict your build options. My normal build of light armor and huge weapons takes an obscene number of points um, and it hurts build diversity and replayability very badly. Uh, this system cripples itself whenever, uh, uh, sorry, when it later uh, lets you reclaim points to spend elsewhere, the furthest nodes being strictly better. Universally, the level up system leaves me without uh, without enough points to spend to acquire cool new verbs, uh, of which there are precious few, uh, but too many stats to make a uh, to make gaining a level meaningful. Um, I could look past its failings as an, as an RPG of the action held up its end. For me, Souls Combat uh, isn't just its measured paste, uh, but uh, the complex multi-equation systems created by weapons and their interactions. Uh, there are so many factors to each weapon in Souls. There's damage, poise, swing speed, reach, and my personal favorite, uh, animation patterns, and their impact on reach uh, at each point of your combo. 
um, add uh, the different values for each enemy and each encounter becomes a puzzle to be solved. By sacrificing a dimension, it gives up a literal and metaphorical depth, the important factors being weapon speed and reach, which homogenizes weapons and further harms build diversity. Ultimately, the game fails as both an action game and as an RPG, leaving only its lore to recommend it, but I recommend just reading the, reading the wiki. Despite finishing the game, I absolutely hated Salt and Sanctuary, and myself for playing it. Uh, my time with Salt stands as one of the few times that I can look back on and say I wasted some precious grains of my life's hourglass on a thing that offered me literally <laughs> no pleasure. Um, uh, at least that time broke me of the desire to beat every game that I play, uh, no matter how little fun I'm having. If only Salt had come out before Final Fantasy XIII too. Shout out to Serg for their help in uh, for their help in writing this screed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah Sir, I think pretty... wrote in for next. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty, the ending is. It was a sad ending. It's it's pretty dark. Yeah, it's like the mist of responses. <laughs> the um, the um, yeah, I uh, uh, I also am bummed out by it by much of the same things you are. Like I, I'm still, you know, I don't think I I derive little pleasure from it. But like mm -hmm. most of the points you're saying, I think are yeah. pretty pretty right on. There are lots of points uh, where I would have stopped if I wasn't doing it for this. But doing it for oh, this totally. helped it feel worthwhile. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. Is there's always this other factor of like at least we'll get to talk about it. Yeah. Um. You know. But the uh. Yeah. Uh. 2017 Gary stops games where he's not having fun too. So <laughs> welcome to welcome to you know. I appreciate 2017 Chris. Uh, being being uh being you know operating from regular Chris who doesn't stop games when they're no longer fun. <laughs> so unless it's unless it's for watch out for fireballs, I stop games when they're not fun. Right. Right. Um. And sometimes for that. <laughs> and it's like yeah and i'm not gonna beat myself up over that like like you know uh recent events life is short yep um you know you have to uh you have to you know value and and, and do things that make you happy so yeah um yeah the uh the one thing i would say in just in response to that too is that like the game kind of does the the charm system with the weapons where you can like change things like length and attack speed um i think is actually pretty neat yeah and does help diversify that equipment the issue is though that that's something that's a tag that you can kind of put on a wide variety of equipment. So it still has that homogenizing effect. Yeah. Like it's not like big hammers are that different from each other. It's just a, any big hammer with a swing speed upgrade or without one. Yeah. You know, pretty much the same. Yeah. You're just not going to get like the variation that you get, uh, like in this engine, a rapier and a, uh, and a short sword would probably animate the same, but they couldn't be much more different in dark souls yeah. itself. You know? Yeah. Cause again, they miss that dimension. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and they do, there is a big thing like with, uh, because that things are coming at you. So in dark souls where you have kind of, uh, the functional equivalent is like a poke or a swing, like a left or right swing. You can sometimes kind of dead angle things or hit them from the side with a swing, yeah. but you can always turn to orient to poke. Yeah. Um, the equivalent to that in salt and sanctuary is an overhead swing versus a poke. Right. And enemies are constantly coming at you from above. Like you, you require <laughs> having an overhead swing. Yeah. They're like, they're, there know? are whole classes of weapons, uh, particularly spears that are not viable because they're just of kind of yeah, yeah. garbage. Uh, and you can, uh, unlike in dark souls, like if I have a spear, like it's kind of like maybe for crowd control, it can be useful yeah. to have something that's a swing, but you don't have to, you there's ways to mitigate that. Yeah. You know, there's ways to get around that. Yeah. So, and, and it's relatively easy to figure out how to how to deploy that, you know, yeah. using the two hand or using strong attacks or, you know, weak attacks on down the line. Yeah, it's 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 intuitive. Yeah. So, yeah. What does Fletch say? 
Oh yeah, this is this is me. I thought it was you. Um, Fletcher says, and I think this is Sirg. Yes, uh, from uh, from the uh, from the Slack uh, message board. If you have not joined us there, you should. It's a mm-hmm. fun time. Yeah. Um, Fletcher says, uh, I own over five thousand games on Steam. <laughs> well, Every single da. time it goes on sale, <laughs> I get an alert saying Salt and Sanctuary is cheaper and cheaper. Yet somehow I never manage to pull the trigger. I think that's the Salt and Sanctuary exp- experience in a nutshell. It's just there, but you can't care enough to either pick one, purchase it, or remove it from your wish list or actually finish the game after whatever other, whatever level you get to. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's something, I, I don't know. Like this is, this was seen as the great hope for souls. <laughs> right? Like it was the, yeah, the great, 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 uh, salt white hope. I, I mean, I, yeah. I didn't mean to be like cliche or whatever, but like, yeah, no, like, no, no. people invested a lot in, yeah. and and this being as great as it was, and you know, a lot of people talked to us about it and said like, "Hey, this is this this is something special." And I think, despite all of this, I think it is. You know, like the, the, the there is something to recommend it here at least to at least to explore and reflect on the main series. You know, but like, what can continue? You yeah. know, like 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 what like what are the what are the pieces that could be reconstituted? What is the mimicry? What is the uh, you know, <laughs> what is there between Lords of the Fallen and this as kind of the two the two main souls likes that we've seen and not just stuff that is kind of taken loops or taken small mechanics from souls and gone off and done their own thing. Like, like what can actually recapture that? Is it is it possible? Yeah, I don't know, because the thing that the uh, the common thread in souls likes we've done that are not like Kingsfield Four, you know, right. which doesn't kind of count, but is that the least souls like they are, the better. Right. They are. So like <laughs> this um Neo Dark Mouse, which are very explicitly Souls likes, right. are less than Hyperlight Drifter or Momodora Four. Right. Like I think are worse games and they're they're less souls like. Like I still think like they're not Lords of the Fallen bad, but it is kind of like this uncanny valley thing where the closer you get to it, the worse it feels. Yeah. You know, without actually being it. Mm-hmm. You know? And the value in it, like you said, it's like you know, the, the, the way this reflects on the series, the way this is worthwhile is in how specifically in how, or the way this is worthwhile is in how it reflects on the series. Yeah. You know, like this does teach you about why souls works the way it does, Yeah, you know, and, and the grand lesson of this is like, Oh, this is why souls isn't 2d, <laughs> you know, like that, that causes more problems than it solves. Um, you know, that's really problematic. Um, and then we'll run into the same thing with dark mouse. Yeah. And Neo has a whole host of other problems, but problems, but like Neo is the the great hope. Right. You know, after this, like everyone just like, man, this is the thing. This is the, the <laughs> shit. And like, <laughs> like I ended up cooling on that game. Um, some, some people still really love it. Yeah. yeah. But like judging by our Facebook where I've like kind of been talking about it, responses are pretty like, I'd say like 70, 30 balanced towards people who are in my camp. Yeah. Who are like, I played that for a while, then got sick of it and moved on. Yeah. You know, so there's there's this like unending hype stream of like what's going to be the next fix yeah. for this, you it, know, it, and like this has to be good. Like if this isn't like recapturing that magic, like what are we going to do? What it reminds me of is the MMO hype cycle. Like, mm. okay, I'm playing EverQuest. Well, I hate the I hate the makers of EverQuest because they nerfed my class. World of Warcraft is the next great thing. I'm going to play World of Warcraft. Oh, they nerfed my class. So obviously it's going to be the Warhammer medieval <laughs> game or it's going to be uh like like any number of these things or it's going to be conan like there's always this next thing that is that is kind of built and sold and is the narrative of like this is going to come in and be the killer right nothing needs to come in and be the killer because from is done with souls 
We don't know what they're going to do next, but it is not going to be explicitly souls. It could be a bloodborne move, you know, like we're going to take it and do something like that. And it'll still be very much in the, uh, in, in, in the vein or in the line. We have, we have no idea to say, but like, there's nothing for, <laughs> I don't think that Salt and Sanctuary or Neo are coming in and saying like we're going to supplant you at this. We're we're going to draw the audience away. People are hungry for it, right? And people are mm-hmm. are, are always going to go back to whatever From puts out. But like mm-hmm. that is what it reminds me of is the MMO kind of churn of like well we're going to go away from this and then we're going to retreat back to back to whatever else is here. You know, we're going to retreat, yeah. retreat back to WoW once the once the new expansion comes out. It's it's a it's really interesting because like one uh, one thing that's kind of in, you know when I think about that is like one some people are finding each of these things to be everything they want right, right. so like there are people who like salt way more than we do there are people who like neo way more than I did like like Jim Sterling like this is a ten out of ten game right, like, right. Was, whoa 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 you know like, <laughs> wait a minute I, I could not disagree with that more but like it's you know there are people who think that um, but for the most people you know mostly Souls fans who are just kind of thirsty for this stuff um, I can't help but feel like that that whole thing is kind of sad. Uh, because like one, um, you know, and not everybody thinks this, but I do think this is, there's, you know, it's probably like a 60, 40 thing. Like a lot of people are pretty disappointed with dark souls three, which mm-hmm. was the last real deal. Um, two, when people are like, from, we'll do something next. Like from has a weird, you know, a lot of weird middle period games they could go back to that. Like nobody was super into, right? Like, it's not like they couldn't go back to like lost kingdom. You know, like, <laughs> Oh, we're going to, we're going to do the Evergrace. You know, we're, we're going to do something like that. Like from is not souls. Right. And when From is not doing Souls, like I have a lot of optimism that it will be cool. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that it will be though. Right. You know, and I think that like Souls fandom is so like weird and unique in this fact in this thing because it's it's not just fans of the game; it's us, you know, yeah. and it's it's uh, YouTubers and stuff. And you 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 watch like all these YouTube su- descri- subscriptions, and you watch these guys uh, run out of Souls stuff to do, <laughs> and then just kind of like desperately cast about. Like maybe I can do a series on you know the Destiny lore. Maybe I can do the series on. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn lore and stuff like that, yeah, and none yeah. of it's sticking. Right. You know, they they're not getting numbers. Like people aren't interested in it. There's just like it is just a weird little cottage industry. Yeah, uh, that we're we're totally a part of and party of and and everything. But it is a it's a unique feels like a unique thing in games mm-hmm. and a unique problem to be to be dealing with. Like what what happens when these people have kind of based an identity and and so much of their, their self investment into this franchise that like is going to go away. Like yeah. There's an end to every era. Like <laughs> one way or another, this will go away. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, it's fascinating. Like it's, it's interesting to see, like I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm at peace with it. Like it bums me out. Like yeah, I would love yeah. to, there'd be like a super great from souls, like to come out after this for them to do it. And I would love to like, uh, you know, when Iter comes out, uh-huh. uh, or when we do hollow Knight or something like that, I would love for it to be good. Yeah, like it be and actually scratch that itch. But I think part of the problem eventually is you have to start thinking like maybe the problem is with our expectations. Oh yeah, you know, and I'm I'm call, making us culpable on that, but also the fandom at large. I mean, we 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 pretty much said like, is there is there a point where we move away from what for, for from what this thing is or what it wants to become? You know, yeah, or what everybody yeah. else wants it to be. You know, and and that's that's a double sided thing where like I I want the fandom to do that, but I also want developers just to do it too. Yeah. Where it's like this can, you know, take the parts of souls that like, you know, you're interested in and make work, but you don't need to make it so slavishly, you know, you don't have to emulate it so, so faithfully. Right. Because again, I just think the closer you get to it, like kind of the, you know, the less satisfying it is. Yeah. It'll stagnate and die. It'll yeah. become the age of the deep. 
yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't need that, man. Like it's, <laughs> we, we've got to end the cycle. Like it is, you know, that, that is, that is the, uh, the correct ending and it's never, uh, you know, that you heard it here first. first. <laughs> it's like those, those like real meta explanations about how, uh, Dark Souls three is about the souls like fandom. Yeah. Yeah. About taking the, series, the Metal Gear Solid four, uh, uh, kind of, kind yeah. of approach to it. Yeah. You know, like there's something to that, like this idea that like, you know, this is, this is about this weird thing that's bigger than all of us. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> it's bigger than all of us but it's from all of us yeah <sighs> from all of us um it, it's just interesting it's an interesting place to be and like yeah you're curious to see how it works out yeah um you know and it's it, it is a little bit hard to be super optimistic about yeah you know as much as i can re- i can remain uh interested in uh you know it's, it's like i want to i want to play the surge yeah like i you know i i want to play you know these other soul these other uh, souls likes like i just oh. i can't you know I'm, I'm trying to to kill the part of me that gets too hyped because that part yeah. is poisonous and bad <sighs> yeah it's it's uh the, the the tension between hype and the desire to plan yeah 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 hey, hey gary i really need to pee um do okay. you want to either end this or do you want to uh do you want to take a break and come back and do the uh the outro uh we can we can end this okay let's end do it the- yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave that in so people know what the <sighs> what the pressure is as my yeah. kidneys burst like uh, Grandpa Simpson. Uh, Please don't. <laughs> I will um, not die. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've uh, we've we've gone on long enough. Thank you guys very much for for writing in. If you have anything to say about Dark Mouse, uh, you still probably have time. Mm-hmm. Hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yes. Uh, we're all going to be playing the Ringed City together. Not like online or streaming, but you know we're we're going to be going through when you are. We're not getting it early, uh, so if you have thoughts about that, go ahead and send it in there as well. That's logically going to be the next thing we cover. Again, mm-hmm. extend us a little bit of patience, a little bit of grace as we figure out what happens between that and say E three. Um, yes, yeah, but we're uh, we're figuring it we're figuring it out. Even if we don't have a plan public, we have some rumblings uh, at the moment of what we would like to do. Yes, yeah, we have some ideas. Um, you can always support us uh, and get kind of cool stuff if you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV. Um, we greatly appreciate that. It makes yes. a huge deal, a huge difference. And, uh, you know, we love it. And uh, the next couple episodes, you know, if this was uh, hard to go through three episode arc that was largely negative, <laughs> um, I can't promise that any episodes coming up won't be negative, but they won't be as long. Right. So except for possibly the Ring City, which I don't know whether that'll, that'll be Who positive or negative yet. Yeah. But I have I, I promise you that I have an open mind. Yep. Um, other than that i think that's probably about it i want cole to urinate so good um (laughs) i'm gonna rot such a piss man Uh, dude dude you can blow it away gary you're killing me everything (laughs) before before we ever before we say mbasa everything is killing me so until next time yeah until uh, next time may your may your mice be dark umbasa We all pray that we will have far more soon. Yeah, sweet relief. <laughs> all right. Later, man. All right. All right bye. <laughs> bye.